morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Michael Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at MFC2123. It is Blackout Wednesday, September 27th, 2019. And I want to start off by apologizing to you once again. I was unable to get to you yesterday. Uh, I completely forgot that I was at the radio station in the morning. Had to fill in for Rick Camp yesterday. So... I was not able to get to you because I had to be at work at about 6 in the morning, which is usually way before when I record this in the morning. So I apologize, but I am back. I'm going to fill you in on everything that has happened in the last few days. And we're going to start off with the biggest news from from yesterday, actually, and that is the new college football playoff rankings and the reason why we're starting off that is because in a complete surprise and a surprise to myself and a surprise to many people Ohio State was able to jump LSU for the coveted number one spot and this is huge because the Buckeyes in front of them have a 13th ranked Michigan and an 8th-ranked Minnesota or a 12th-ranked Wisconsin. So that means that the Buckeyes are going to add two impressive data points to their resume in order to keep that number one spot. Whereas when you look over at LSU, they have a game this weekend against Texas A&M. And A&M has been in and out of the top 25. And they are out at the current moment. So not a big data point there. However, LSU is set to face number four, Georgia, in the SEC championship game. I'll be interesting to see how the committee weighs two games against top potentially top 13 opponents as opposed to winning one game against a top four opponent and a game against a I'd say a solid Texas A&M team I wouldn't say great wouldn't say elite definitely not elite but a solid team in Texas A&M so that's that's the question Uh, we'll take a look at the other schools that are ranked inside the college football playoff rankings Uh, Penn State well recap all of it as well Uh, back to Ohio State they are obviously number one Minnesota is at eight Penn State is 10th Wisconsin 12 Michigan 13 and Iowa is at 17 those are the lone Big Ten schools in there we'll go over the AP and the coaches as well AP and coaches have Ohio State second in both of them gaining a little bit of ground on LSU but not much uh, they've still got more votes than Clemson for number one, but LSU has got a, a huge wide margin in the AP and the coaches on Ohio State. Uh, Minnesota is at nine. Michigan is at 10 in the AP, whereas Penn State is 12. Wisconsin is 13, and Iowa is at 19. And the coaches, you've got the Buckeyes still sitting two. Minnesota is 9, Michigan is 11, Penn State is 12, Wisconsin is at 14, and Iowa is at 20. So 
You've got some uh, big time matchups inside the Big Ten this weekend. You've got there's going to be a lot of eyes on it because although Ohio State has clinched the East, they did that this past weekend with their win over Penn State. The West is still to be won, and Minnesota has an opportunity to do something that they haven't done in a long time, whereas Wisconsin has an opportunity to continue their dominance in the West. Three out of the last five years, they've been the representative of the West in the Big Ten championship game. It could be four out of six if Wisconsin is able to beat Minnesota this weekend. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be really, really interesting. And a lot of eyes are going to be on the Big Ten this weekend. A lot of them, mine included. All right, offensive uh, player of the week on the football side, co-offensive player. I pick Shea Patterson with his five touchdowns, 366 yards. So did the conference. However, the conference also awarded to J.K. Dobbins. He rushed for 157 yards and two touchdowns. I just thought that with the amount of carries that Dobbins had, over 30 the, the yards per carry just wasn't there. I didn't think that they would give it to Dobbins, but seeing as how important that win was for the Buckeyes over Penn State, I understand why it was given to him. Defensively, like I said on Monday, if it wasn't Chase Young, I don't know what the hell the conference was looking at, as he was the Walter Camp National Player of the Week on defense. If he wasn't the conference defensive player of the week, yeah, that would have been very, very interesting. Uh, three sacks for Chase Young, single-season school record, uh, fourth place in Big Ten history now, which is very impressive. Uh, he's back. He's back. Keith Duncan was the special teams player of the week for Iowa. The talented junior kicker had four field goals to give him a Big Ten record 27 this week, and that wasn't the only recognition that Duncan has gotten over the past couple of days. Duncan was named a finalist, one of the three finalists for the Lou Groza Award, which is the nation's best kicker. I believe the last Iowa kicker to win that was Nate Kading, uh, almost like 12, 15 years ago. That was a long time ago. But congratulations to him and David Bell. Purdue's talented freshman wide receiver, yet another freshman of the week. That is four. That's the most in Big Ten history right now. Tying Rondell Moore from last year and Wisconsin's James White, who now is a member of the New England Patriots. That's a lot. That is whew, four. I mean... If there's not a shoe-in for Big Ten Freshman of the Year, I don't know what is because that that's pretty much going to get it for you. That's that's going to get it. And if he has another big weekend this weekend, he he's going to break a record and get his fifth, which I'd love to see. I think that that would be pretty neat for David Bell because he is a very impressive young-looking player and when Rondell Moore comes back next year and it, whoever is the quarterback, whether it be Jack Plummer or Aiden O'Connell, whoever it may be, 
for Purdue. They're going to have quite the wide receivers to throw to. They're going to have a nice little stable. All right. There were coaches that were honored this past weekend. And the coaches were offensive coordinator for Indiana, Kalen DeBoer, Don Brown, Michigan's defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator for Minnesota, Kirk Kirikawa, Jeff Halfley, Ohio State's defensive coordinator, and also Wisconsin's defensive coordinator, Jim Leonard. They were named finalists for the Broyles Award. The Broyles Award is the nation's top assistant. Uh, can't, it's obviously not a coach. It's the assistant. And a lot of times when you hear these names, these guys are next in line to be head coaches. Jeff Halfley. There were rumors that he was on Rutgers' list. The rumors got squashed pretty quickly uh, because it looks like Rutgers is trying to get this done by next week. And next week, for sure, Jeff Halfley won't be able to sit in a press conference because he'll be getting ready for the Big Ten Championship game uh, with a unknown-to-be-determined opponent, either obviously Wisconsin or Minnesota. However, I don't think it's going to be Halfley. I'm not sure where they're going to go at this point in time. Rutgers uh, will get into some drama going on over there as well because uh, it's not going good in Piscataway. Maryland has lost another receiver in Sean Savoy. Savoy has left the team. No intentions of transferring is what it looks like. Uh, it looks like Savoy's just done. He is still enrolled in school, so he'll continue to go to classes, but he is no longer part of the Terrapin program. Michigan State grabbed a commit from Ohio defensive end Avery Dunn yesterday, the 6'4", 216 Pound edge rusher had an offer from West Virginia along with non-P5 schools in the MAC. This is not the type of commit that Mark D'Antonio has gotten out of Ohio recently. The commits that he's gotten recently have been, I wouldn't say Ohio State scraps or Michigan scraps, but just a tier below that level, and he's won with those players. Done doesn't seem like a tier below those type of players. When you have a West Virginia offer and then Mac, non-P5 schools, that's just, that's not moving the needle for me. You got to have more than that. And, uh, you know, at 216 pounds, he's not going to be ready to contribute for at least a, a year. Uh, he's going to have to redshirt is my guess because that's, too light on the defensive line. That's not going to work. Got to be closer to 250-260 in order to really make an impact against large 300, 320-pound offensive linemen. So we'll watch. We'll keep a close eye on what uh, Dunn ends up doing. They also, this past uh, uh, Monday, added offensive tackle Justin Stevens from Canada. At 6'6", 285 pounds, he had an offer from Indiana, Syracuse, and the P5, non-P5 schools in the MAC. Again, kind of the same thing with Stevens. You just don't know about Canadian football players because talent level, what they're going up against, obviously not as high as what you're looking at when you're looking at you know, players in the United States. There are some players who have had some plenty of success coming out of Canada, so I'm not knocking Canadian football, 
Well, my concern is, again, is the offer list. Uh, Indiana and Syracuse. Uh, Indiana, obviously, is a little bit better than this year recently than they have. I like what Tom Allen's doing, but not you – know, Indiana and Michigan State shouldn't be kind of on par right now. Michigan State should be better, and there's there's definitely reasons to be watching out for uh, what Mark D'Antonio has been doing going on out there in – East Lansing. He has con he has said that he has all intentions of coming back next year. However, there are some things that are not in his control, is what he noted. So that is obviously something to watch for. Nebraska's wide receiver Kawani Noah will miss the rest of the season after injuring his meniscus. He's going to have surgery. The senior is his career is over. However, they have added a couple of defensive players from the JUCO side of football linebacker Jameo Hodge and defensive end Junior Aho. Aho is 6'3", 255 pounds he had an offer from Minnesota as well along with some non-power five schools whereas Hodge is 6'2", 225 pounds and he's a straight up linebacker he's both of them are going to have three years left to play on the field so, you know, I, I like the influx of JUCO players because they've been in a college system. They're more ready to contribute a little bit faster than a high school player would. They understand you know, what it takes to go to school and play football. So not the worst pickups here for Scott Frost, but I, I'd rather him go out and you know get some guys that were not not that I'm not knocking the JUCO route. It's just I, I don't think that the program, the Nebraska program, is at the point where they need to be searching for JUCO players. Uh, I think that they're, they've got a bigger name than that. They're able to go out and get better players. It's, it's just odd. Penn State's wide receiver Justin Shorter has entered the transfer portal. This one is shocking. Shorter was a former, the 2018 number one wide receiver in the country as a recruit, and it just hasn't lived up to his recruiting ranking in Happy Valley. Uh, it's unfortunate because Shorter has got a ton of talent, so we'll continue to watch what Shorter ends up doing. The other thing that we got to watch for in Penn State this weekend, although it's not really of matter because their opponent is Rutgers, is Sean Clifford. Clifford was knocked out of the Ohio State game last weekend, obviously with Will Levis coming in, filling in, and bringing a spark, at least giving the Nittany Lions a chance against the Buckeyes last weekend. However, looks like Sean Clifford will be a game-time decision, and if he can't go, Will Levis will be ready to take it over. There were two Big Ten linebackers that were honored as a finalist for the Buckus Award, Penn State's Micah Parsons and Wisconsin's Zach Bond were named finalists for the award. I have an issue with this. I have a little bit of gripes because I think Dele Harding from Illinois should 100% have been on this list. He is not getting recognized nationally. He is the Big Ten leader in tackles. Just kind of boggles my mind. Uh, he's done enough put himself on the short list of best linebackers in the country and unfortunately for him the Buckus committee didn't see it that way 
Okay, so on to the Rutgers stuff. And this is this is interesting. So obviously they botched the Greg Schiano situation. And Pat Hobbs, the athletic director, has been trashed since then. At four million dollars a year over the span of eight years, with a what Ash I'm sorry, not Ash. <laughs> what Schiano wanted, the guaranteed a little over twenty five million use of a private jet. And Hobbs couldn't say yes to that. Which, again, I talked about on Monday, and that's a and I hate it because it's a commitment to not winning. It's uh, it's just dumb, it's stupid, and the fans weren't happy. They're protesting, trying to get Pat Hobbs fired, and I see exactly why. You you bring in a coach that has had a lot of success, and when you pay him a good amount of money, you're telling the fan base that you're committed to winning. Hobbs has shown that he's not committed to winning, and it's evident in their reactions, in the protesting, and rightfully so. Because, like I said on Monday, this is not a commitment to have a good football team. It's not. And so, I don't disagree with the way that the fans have reacted uh, I hate seeing it because you want to see every co every team in the conference at least care and it seems as if at this point in time Rutgers doesn't care so it, it's tough it's a it's a rough situation going on there and it got rougher yesterday as well as Arthur Sikowski has entered the transfer portal this one you can kind of see coming because when Chris Ash got fired and Nunzio Campanelli took over, he immediately made a change right away and went to Johnny Langan as his quarterback. Langan is okay, obviously not getting any wins and you know, Rutgers looking absolutely terrible. Well, Sikowski said enough is enough, obviously committing to Chris Ash and with Ash gone, this is not a surprise. Was such a, you know, I, it seems as if Sikowski was potentially waiting for Greg Schiano to come back. And when it was announced that Schiano was come back, I think that was the tipping point for Sikowski. And he said, you know what? I'm out of here. And I can't blame him. It is, uh, it's not good situation at Rutgers right now. It really, really isn't. So yesterday, I got a chance to meet with Big Ten sideline reporter Michelle McMahon. We didn't get a ton of time to talk. Uh, I was uh, just, you know, I had to go get her down at the lobby at Prudential Plaza. And uh, her and I chit-chatted a little bit uh, prior to uh, her having to record a podcast with Lawrence Holmes, which uh, I'm not, I don't believe has dropped yet, but go ahead and listen to that one as well because Lawrence does a great job of interviewing plenty of people inside the media and uh, Michelle and I talked a little about the Ohio State-Michigan game. Uh, she's a Michigan alum. Uh, I told her I was an Ohio State alum. And insider information, she thinks that Ohio State's going to win this one. Uh, she's right there. She knows what's going on, obviously. She's covering the conference. So uh, I'll take her word for it. She said that the depth for Ohio State is just completely different. Although Michigan has found an offense, which, you know, what I brought up, uh, she believes that that's just not going to be enough to beat the Buckeyes this weekend. So 
pretty interesting thoughts from Michelle McMahon. Like I said, she will be joining Lawrence Holmes, I believe his House of L podcast at some point in time. So uh, go listen to that. It'll, it'll be an interesting listen. All right, so moving on to the basketball side, a couple notes before we get into uh, the conference players of the week and then the updated rankings and recruiting as well. Uh, it was a tough day yesterday for Iowa forward Jack Nunji. Uh, he tore his ACL, so obviously he will be out for the remainder of the season. Uh, a tough loss for Fran McCaffrey and his crew. And over in Lincoln, it hasn't gone well for Fred Hoiberg early on in his tenure there as the head coach. And he tried to, because he was hired so late, Hoiberg tried to get players transfers and get them in and hoped that the NCAA would allow them to be eligible immediately. Well, news of Shamil Stevenson came out yesterday, and Stevenson will not be eligible. That makes three ineligible Huskers that will have to sit out this year and wait to play next year. This year might be a lost cause for Hoiberg, but uh, unfortunately he's just going to have to play through it and you know, play with a obviously a, a shortened roster for the, the whole year because three guys that he was hoping would have, uh, not quite there. All right, the Big Ten Freshman and Player of the Week awards were announced uh, on Monday afternoon as well. And this young man, Kofi Coburn, has been unbelievable. He is the player and the freshman of the week. Three double-doubles in all their games this week that the Illini played. 17, a little over 17 points a game, four, over 14 rebounds a game, almost shot 58% from the floor. He's just been just a, a fantastic player. And I... We all knew that he was a highly ranked recruit coming out of Oak Hill Academy. And Oak Hill, they put out some damn good basketball players. They are a powerhouse at the high school level. So for Coburn to come in and play this well, it's not surprising. But for him to play as exceptional as he has, that's a little bit more surprising. But I'll tell you what, Coburn has earned it. I watched uh, some clips about him coming in and, and learning the system f with Brand Underwood. And then not only that, having to completely transform his body since he's been there. So that's, it's, it's a great story. And uh, I, I'm going to be watching to see what Coburn does because I think the fighting Illini are a little underranked. I think they could definitely make some moves. And I think that they're close to you know, making uh, some noise nationally and inside the conference. I think that they are severely underrated. And speaking of underrated, well, not really underrated, just rated, uh, we'll update the AP and the coaches poll on the basketball side. Michigan State is at three. They did lose again yesterday and uh, or two days ago, so... Uh, they're probably going to fall. Maryland is fifth. Ohio State, they've made, they're undefeated. They look very good. They are at 10 right now. And that's it. That's it for the conference. 
moving on to the coaches. Uh, Michigan State is third over there as well. Maryland is a little bit lower at eighth. They got a first place vote, which is surprising to see an eighth an uh, eighth place team so low. And Ohio State checks in at ninth in the coaches poll. So strong teams in the Big Ten. Michigan State, Maryland, and Ohio State. And then it's the rest. But uh, basketball is so deep that you know, there's there's a lot of teams, et cetera, that, that have opportunities and so forth and whatnot. So uh, I'm not necessarily concerned about that. I think that obviously you'll be taking a look at what's going on later on in the in the year when you're looking at how the NCAA tournament is going to shake out. That's kind of what you're looking at. So uh, to me, yeah, the the it's a little important, but uh, it, it's not super important right now. It's just, it, it is kind of what it is. All right, uh, moving over to the recruiting side of things. Uh, we'll start off with the team rankings and the top in the 20 class. You've got Illinois. They're checking in at 12. Uh, the early signing period has happened already, uh, so you're looking at uh, the majority of these guys have committed. So uh, it, it's interesting to see that the Illini, uh, you know, coming off of a, obviously another good class, Brad Underwood has done a lot of good things, a lot of good things in Champaign. He's really turned the program around, and I look for more big things. Wisconsin is a second-rated class. Purdue is third. Indiana is at fourth. Michigan is at fifth. And uh, I'm I'm still concerned here. I'm still concerned because Isaiah Todd, yeah, he committed, but didn't sign that national letter of intent. I'm a, I'm a little worried about that one right there. I'm a little worried about it. Michigan State has two commits. They are sixth in the conference. Penn State seventh. Minnesota eighth. Ohio State is ninth. Rutgers is 10th, Iowa 11th, Northwestern 12th, Nebraska 13th, Maryland 14th. But remember, basketball completely different than football. It's not 25 recruits coming in every year. It's one, two, three, depending on you know, roster availability. Rosters are much smaller, so obviously there's not as much action that can be going on for that side. So it'll be Interesting to see. I think the Isaiah Todd, that's that's the one thing that I'm watching. That's the biggest issue for me right now. He's the highest-ranked player inside the conference. And it, if he was to you know, not sign with the Wolverines, man, I, I, I don't know how they would react because you know, I think they're banking on him to, to be there. So it'll be interesting. It'll be much, much more interesting than that. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. I'm going to fill you in on what's going to go on here for the next few days. Uh, I will not be bringing you a Thursday edition due to it being Thanksgiving. So I'm going to take the day off. Friday, I'm going to come at you with an afternoon edition. I've got to be at the station at 5 a.m. I will be there until 1 so I will come back with a afternoon edition on Friday. I promise this will happen. I'll preview the games because it's a huge weekend, obviously with Ohio State and Michigan tipping off, not tipping off, but facing off on the field. And then you've also got the 
de facto West Championship game with Minnesota and Wisconsin. So it'll be a fun weekend, a ton of football to watch. And you know, like I said, all eyes will be on the Big Ten this weekend because there's you know, the Ohio State-Michigan game, the game, along with Minnesota and Wisconsin. So I appreciate the listen. Once again, give me a follow on Twitter at MFC2123. Go ahead and follow the website as well at Two Cents Pods. Like us on Facebook, Two Cents Pods over there. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a happy hump day, Big Ten fans. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well. Enjoy the time with your family. I'll talk to you on Friday afternoon.